Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have G. Brian Benson. He's an award-winning author, TEDx speaker, coach, actor, and four-time Ironman. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, Kevin. How are you? I'm very well. Yourself? I am great. Thank you. It's That's a awesome. pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. Um, maybe before we get into all the stuff that you're doing now, let's talk about your background and start off with where you grew up. Sure. I am originally from Salem, Oregon. Okay. Very cool. You went to university. What did you take and why? Yeah, I went to Oregon State University. And to be honest with you, I I ended up finishing with a work site health promotion degree. Okay. And I think some some folks in that uh, field might have uh, ended up going into like setting up a wellness program in a business or something. Okay. But uh, yeah, I didn't honestly know what I wanted to do the whole time I was there, I guess college for me, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I did it and I, you know, stuck it out, but I think it was just kind of one of those things that was kind of expected that I would go do. And I just went and did it, even though okay. I hadn't really found a direction yet. Okay. Very cool. So walk me through getting out of school and your career up until what you're doing today. Oh my gosh. Well, what I'm doing today is completely different. Sure. Um, it's been the last 10 years, but, but when I got out of school, I, I did not know what I wanted to do. Okay. Um, I'm, a, I'm a late bloomer. So I ended up moving to Iowa City, Iowa. Okay. Uh, my mom and stepdad were living there. And I just wanted to try something new. And uh, I ended up being uh, like a manager at a health club for a okay. year. Very cool. And, and uh, yeah, and I was really into triathlon. Then, and so I also um, helped uh, set up a, a triathlon in the area that's still going today. So, you know, I, cool. I was kind of doing the healthy thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, so that was just, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I don't know how much you want me to talk about, but, but um, the big thing was I, I came back and still was unsure and I decided to go into Peace Corps. Okay. And so I was going to be sent to Morocco to teach public health for a couple of years and I had six months to kill and I ended up moving to Colorado to wait that out. Okay. And my life changed dramatically when I met my son's mother there. And okay. and um, we ended up having him and I ended up getting married. And it didn't last very long, but, we, you know, it was as good a situation as could be. And uh, I did not go into the Peace Corps. Okay. And, uh, you know, I have a 25-year-old son now. But I, I for a while there, I just... You know, um, did what I did, did what I could, you know, to to to, to make that situation as as, uh, as good as possible. And then um, I ended up running. I then left and, and started running my family's business for eleven years. Okay, interesting. Which was, yep, yep, which was a golf center in Salem, Oregon, and okay. I did that for eleven years. Wow. Okay. So. Yeah. So lots happening there right out of college. No, very cool. So walk me through how you transitioned into that, into what you're doing now. Sure. So 
so I ran the business. We had a, you know, like a driving range, a retail store, and a nine-hole par three course. And, okay. and I grew up working there. You know, uh, it was my first job in seventh grade. I picked the balls up and all that kind of stuff. So I was running it okay. for 11 years, and I started to feel like I was burnt out and like I'd stopped. You know, I kind of finished growing, and I felt like I felt like there was something else inside of me that I was supposed to do. I felt like I had this gift that needed to come out, although I had no idea what it was. Okay, interesting. And so, yeah, so I, I went and had a chat with my dad and said, you know, I, I really appreciate this opportunity, but I, I feel like I need to leave. And, you know, luckily he was he was understanding and he wanted me to ultimately be happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we I ended up having to stay an extra year. Um, I was ready to hit the road right then, but we decided to sell it. Okay. And so that last year, you know, was a pro we went through the process of listing it and, and uh, interviewing potential buyers. And uh, that last year was a blessing in disguise for me, though, because while I was struggling, um, I sat down one day and, and decided to come up with a handful of things that I knew would help me stay in balance during this period. And those five items really helped me. And every time I would struggle, I'd pull the list out of my wallet and I would, I would read it and just kind of take a deep breath. And my intuition then said, I was screaming, expand the list and write a book. And I'd never written anything prior to that, but I kind of honored my feet, you know, the little intuitive hit. And I, I wrote my first book in about a month and a half called Brian's List, uh, yeah. 26 and a half easy to use ideas on how to live a fun, balanced, healthy life. So that, you know, I really did not know what I was going to do after I left the business. And so that kind of gave me some direction. Interesting. That, yeah. So, so what types yeah. of stuff are on that list? Sure. Well, my original five were, you know, they're not necessarily earth shattering, but they were very helpful for me. One was make sure that I was getting enough sleep. Okay. Um, another one is to make sure that I was drinking enough water. I think that's something that sure. we don't really think about. And the third one was to make sure that I was getting some daily exercise. And another one was to make sure that I was allowing myself to have some alone time every day because I'm, I'm kind of an outgoing introvert and I need to refill my cup. Um, and then the last one is to make sure that I was allowing myself to be creative every day. And at that time in my life, playing the guitar was um, kind of my creative outlet. Very cool. No, I, I think it's good. You kind of need to – I think the sooner you can figure out as an individual your limitations, yeah. which I don't think it needs to be in a bad sense. It's like you know that you need your own space sometimes, not around people. Like that mm -hmm. great, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But <laughs> the sooner you figure that stuff out and you learn that about yourself and can actually adopt that and into your lifestyle, I think the better off you are as a human being and the happier you become. I totally agree. And I don't think it's any accident looking back, you know, when I left 10 years ago that that my first book was on balance because I gained so, so much self-awareness just, just putting that book together for myself. And it's really kind of been my rock since then because I, I know what throws me out of balance. I know what I need to do to stay in balance. And it's really helped me kind of develop a routine that's true to me, which has enabled me to do all this other stuff that I've done and that I'm doing. You know, sure. with, with that self-awareness, mm -hmm. you're exactly no, right. No, that makes sense, right? And you kind of grow on that. Once you figure out who you are, yep. your your limitations and how to work within them, and then you kind of progressively work on other things or push yourself into your comfort zone and 
do a handful of other things like write other books. So do you want to give <laughs> us maybe a bit of overview of all the other books you've written up until and let's talk about your your most recent book. Sure. Yeah. Let me let me take a just sure. a little bit of a sidestep first, though. Sure. So when that book came out, I that you mentioned you mentioned the stepping out of the comfort zone thing. I it didn't sell a whole lot initially because I number one didn't know how to market it back then. Okay. Number one and number two, I was terrified to speak in front of people, and so that's why I started I the show, man. I, <laughs> yes, I get well, it. Congratulations. No, <laughs> yes, and so. Um, kindred spirit. And so I, I knew that if I wanted to share that message, I needed to overcome that. And so I then moved back from Oregon down to the uh, Northern California area to be near my son who was just entering high school then and began to, you know, reinvent myself. And so I took community called speech classes. I did Toastmasters. I hired someone to co-host an internet radio show with me. I created an interactive workshop. I took an acting class. I did all kinds of things just to force myself to be in front of people to overcome that fear. And so from all those different, um, those avenues that I used and utilized, all these other things started kind of happening or I got intuitive hits that I needed to kind of continue to follow. You know, the acting thing, I'd never planned on acting, but one thing led to another and I I wrote a short film and it did really well. And that led to other things, which brought me to LA. And, you know, I just was, I just kind of began to learn to happily expect the unexpected. Interesting. And yeah, and just kind of let everything kind of evolve. Um, So as far as the other books, I wrote another uh, self-help book um, about three, three years after my first one, it was called Finding Your Voice. Okay. And you know, as I was continuing to learn about myself and find my voice, I kind of wanted to just share that and to try to help other people do the same thing. And um, then I did a couple of kids books. Okay. What and, made you want to uh, do kids books, just out of curiosity? Well, yeah, right. So oh, when I was back in the family business, I, I would kind of just jot down little stories that are little ideas that I've come up with and try to make them into rhyming children's stories. And for me, it was, I had never planned on doing anything with them. It was more like a mental exercise, like putting a big jigsaw puzzle together. And so I had probably 10 or 12 of these things. And when I was in Reno, I met a, met a guy who worked for a company that made children's stories into moving picture apps. Okay. And they, they like, yeah, they like my stories. And so they bought, they, they signed, I signed a contract and they um, took on five and the, it was really looking awesome. The artwork was great and, and they were just moving right along and then they ran out of money. Oh, and so that, that yeah, I got shelved and a couple of years later, I, I got them to release me from my contract and I, um, you know, when I was in LA here, I just, you know, revisited looking at one of them. I said, you know what, I'm just going to freaking do this myself. And sure. so I, went on Craigslist, uh, put a little thing out there for artists. I had like 40 people from all over the world respond that were all really talented. Yep. And end up uh, selecting a gentleman who lived here in LA. And uh, we've done two of those together. We've done a few other things. He's done some other work for me. And so that was a good fit. And I just, I self-published two kids books. Uh, You know, and so um, and then my latest book is called Habits for Success, which just came out a few months ago, and that was my first publishing deal. Okay, so what made you actually not self-publish this one? Because I, I've heard mixed reviews about going publisher, and I've had mixed reviews about going 
uh, self-publishing. Sure. So what have you found with doing both? Well, I think it, for me, it's a lot of work to self-publish, and I've done that four times. And I don't know, I just felt like it was a natural progression for me to go find a, a publisher and, sure. and get it out there in a little different way. Right. Yep. And have some of the have some of the work um, be done for me, which was really nice. So, you know, I think it's actually I'm with Mango Publishing and it's been a really good fit. Um, nice. And for me, it's almost kind of the best of both worlds, because I can still get books on my own from them at a, you know, a reasonable price and then take them and sell them at my books or not book signings, but like uh, workshops and stuff sure. like that. But yet they're also getting it out there in a lot of ways that I would be able to get it out there. Sure. And they've helped me, you know, um, it's just uh, yeah, climb another notch of the old credibility ladder, I suppose. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And so it's, it's been, you know, although marketing ends up kind of falling into the laps of the authors, no matter which way you go nowadays, sure. um, it's, it's been a, it's been a good experience. No, interesting. So you, you mentioned the title, but what exactly is the book about and, and what made you write another book? Sure. Well, it's it's a culmination of the last 10 years of my life of kind of being on this journey of, of after I left my family business of, of, you know, just kind of my self-growth process. Sure. I guess, quote, hero's journey, you know, that we all kind of we, we can go on if we're, you know, really um, open to the process of growth and such. And so for me, it's just kind of almost. When I was little, my mom used to, she reminded me not too long ago that I used to say, why, why this, why that okay. all the time. And I was very inquisitive. And so I suppose I brought that inquisitive little child, you know, into adulthood. And, and as I was going through my self-growth process, this hero's journey, the last 10 years, I would also, I'd almost be in the observer's, observer's perch paying attention um, of my own life and writing about it and kind of sharing in hopes that, you know, I could be maybe a living example for other people to, to, you know, who, who want to try to be the most uh, authentic version of themselves as well. And cool. so, yeah. And so this book is just the culmination of all these different things that have worked for me that I've paid attention to, you know, there's like 48 chapters in it. And, wow. you know, I tried to, yeah, I tried to, I feel like I captured them all in a really thought provoking way, um, in an entertaining way. I share a lot of stories as well as kind of, um, Oh, just inspiring, hopefully, too, you know, for the reader. And uh, I just, I felt like it was, it was time. No, that, that makes some sense. So do you want to maybe give us some habits from the book that you talk about or a little bit of an overview of some of the stuff you cover in the book? Of course, of course. Um, I'm going to look at the, I'm going to look at the table of contents because <laughs> there's so many and I, sure. I forget sometimes, but um well, obviously, we have we've already talked about stepping stepping out of your comfort zone. Yeah, um, listening to your intuition, um, strive for balance. You know, balance was huge for me. Um, there's another one called "It's Okay to Fail." Sure. You know, and, I, and that's not always easy, but I, you know, I think there's a lot of lessons in failing. Agreed. Um, you know, it helped me build character, uh, become more empathetic. I think it uh, can make us humble, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, it forced me to dig deeper a lot of times to hone what I was doing. You know, so, so you know, it, there's, there's many, you know, it teaches us new ways to do things, you know, if we're open to it. So uh, it's okay to fail one, uh, get creative, you know, creativity for me. Uh, I didn't really realize I had a lot of the um, creative gifts inside of me until I started just kind of 
exploring exploring them after I left. Sure. And uh, I think creativity is so important in our lives. Uh, for me, it's just it's freed me up, and I think it's almost just one of those. It's almost like I don't know what you are you know, on the religious spectrum or spirituality spectrum, but it's almost like a way for us to connect with source. And and for me, it's just yeah. For me, it just really it's brought me a lot of joy. You know, there's almost, I'd almost rather not be doing anything else than really kind of being right in the middle of that creative process, whether it was, you know, writing a short film or a poem or a book or, or what have you. Sure. And I um, think everybody has the ability to be creative. Oh, right? for sure. Yeah. That doesn't mean we're all going to be Van Gogh's, but that doesn't matter as long as you're no. just expressing yourself. Yeah. And, or if you find peace in something, right? Yeah. What does it matter if you're good or bad at it? If you find peace and comfort and happiness or you can kind of check out from the world for a bit doing it <laughs> absolutely i mean you know i, I don't have any but I've, I've seen a lot of there's a lot of adult coloring books out there now yeah, you know it's sure. kind of a you know while we're in the creative process it's also kind of a meditative experience totally no. it's a way to rest our brain no yeah. very cool so you also do some coaching what do you coach on and and what is what is a kind of an ideal client for you you know, I, I, my ideal client is someone who, who's hungry to grow, who's, okay. who's open to the experience, you know, who's, who's uh, you know, obviously self-growth is, is scary a lot of times. Sure. Um, but, but someone who's at least open to it and who wants to better themselves. And, you know, that, you know that's, that's the kind of person I really love to work with. And, and as far as, you know, I'm just there to kind of mm, – to help be an accountability partner, kind of pay attention and, and almost, you know, just, just look, sometimes we need to, we need another set of eyes to kind of help okay. identify things because it's, it's real easy, myself included to, you know, we, we, we have stories that we tell ourselves and they aren't always true <laughs> more often sure. than not, they're not. And so sometimes it takes someone, you know, outside of, of that, um, that realm to kind of maybe poke a little hole in there or say, you know what, what, what about this? Have you ever thought about this or maybe I, to, you know, catch someone maybe from who you know, we, we repeat things, um, kind of get into repetitive mode, you know, modes. And, and so it, it, I like to just kind of be that accountability partner, someone who's, who's not afraid to be honest with someone and, and just um, share and hopefully lead by example. No, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. So you've done um, a, some TED talks. What, made you want to do a TED talk and what were they about? So I did, I did a TED talk about four years ago and okay. you know, that was just one of those things where um, one of the other chapters was called boldly say yes. And so basically sure. I had not no plans of doing one, but someone called me up who I'd briefly met in Reno uh, who was in LA at the time said he was curating an event, um, TEDx Pasadena, South High Pasadena or something. And he just asked, he thought I'd be a good addition. Would I like to do it? And I just gulped and said, yes. And sure. so I had three months to, to be, get ready. Interesting. And yeah. And so I'm really, really proud of how it turned out. It was, it was obviously a little bit of a scary experience. I hadn't spoken a whole lot then. And it's one of those things where, you know, uh, you know how sometimes we can let fear in. This is one of those times that you know, we know the potential impact that a TED talk, the TEDx talk can have. And we sure. know that other people are going to be seeing it. It's going to be filmed. 
And so uh, for me, it, you know, just try not to think about that too much and just try to just be grounded and share my message. And basically I, I, I kind of shared my journey of the last 10 years and I wove five points that I learned and utilized through the story. And, and those points were one was listen to your intuition and be open to whatever comes your way. Number two was step out of your comfort zone. Three was stay in life balance. Four was have fun and enjoy the ride. And five is there are no rules. Expect the unexpected. Okay. Interesting. And I just, yeah. And I just kind of shared on those and, and uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a good experience. So I'm curious, you mentioned expect the unexpected a couple of times now. What does that mean to you and how do you work with people to actually cope and deal and, and get through those unexpected things that come up in life to everyone really? Well, for me, I guess when I say expect the unexpected, those are all kind of, there's two ways. Yes, we can definitely have things come up unexpectedly that aren't pleasant. But I, and, you know, and, and I think the more that we learn about ourselves and gain that self-awareness and can incorporate um, a balanced existence in our lives. I mean, balance, you know, it's a moving target. So we're not always going to be in balance. But if we do have those unexpected times pop into our lives, if we are at least doing things uh, you know, have a, have a routine, have an awareness of what can keep us in balance, then it, it helps us flow through those difficult times easier. Sure. Um, and yeah. And so as far as the, you know, expect the unexpected things that I'm talking about in the TEDx talk, that was more um, a, a little different jibe in that all the things that I'm doing that are bringing me all this joy and fulfillment. Now I had no ideas, no idea were inside of me. I just kind of kept following my intuition and, and just kind of kept saying yes, um, even though it didn't necessarily make sense at the time. But as I look back, it all makes perfect sense. And so I guess I'm just trying to get people to be more aware of, of allowing in things that maybe aren't expected or aren't part of their current story that could bring them happiness instead of what they feel like that route is going to be, if that makes sense. No, totally. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh... So you mentioned a short uh, video film that you did a number of years ago. What did yeah. you do and or what was it about and, and what made you actually decide to do that? Great question. Okay, so one of the things that I mentioned earlier to, that I was doing to step out of my comfort zone was I took an acting class. Right. And after it was, after it was over, after a couple of months, I didn't really think much of it. Then I, um, I had a dream come to me a few weeks after that, I swear to God. And it was about this story about this street guitarist. And it was the weirdest thing. But when I woke up, I felt like this is really important. I need to write it down. And so I did. And I met a young filmmaker a couple of weeks after that. Like just by fluke? Just kind of by fluke. I was doing some some background, some extra work on a film that was being filmed in Reno called, um, what's it called? Oh, God. Some, oh my gosh, something Motel, motel Life. And it okay. had uh, Dakota Fanning and Emil Hirsch and Stephen Dorff in it. Okay. And, and uh, there was this other gentleman there and he, we just started chatting while we were hanging out. And, you know, he was a lot younger than I was, but he was, he was a, you know, kind of videographer, photographer. And I said, hey, I have this crazy idea um, that came to me and I've never made a film nor, nor acted before, but wondered if you might want to do it together. And he said, yes. And so like a week Thank after you. that, we found ourselves on the streets of Reno, Nevada over the course of four nights making Guitar Man. Thank and 
it was so, it made me feel so alive. I was a closet guitarist. I never played in front of anybody, but here I was doing it on film. And um, it just was a really cool experience for me. And it ended up doing well at film festivals. Very cool. And so that just, you know, up until then, I kind of felt like the only way that I can potentially reach people was through books. Okay. But this totally blew my doors open and realized, that, you know, there's so many other ways to put positive content out into the world. And so that was kind of the beginning for me just to kind of realize I could do it in a lot of different ways, whether it was a short film or a spoken word video or, you know, um, you name it. And so somebody else saw that short film, Guitar Man, and then guy gave me the lead in their short film. And then the woman who was in that was from here and had been an actress her whole life. And we became friends and I just felt like it was time to move here. I ended up moving into a studio attached to our house. So, I mean, it's just, it's interesting how one thing leads to another. No, that's very cool. Cause you've done a bunch of other video projects, uh, correct? Yeah. yeah yes. Um, some of my own, some with um, like, I don't know if you're familiar with Prince EA or and Jay Shetty. Yeah. But, um, I, I was just in one that Jay Shetty put out a couple of weeks ago. That's had almost 50 million views. It's unbelievable. Well, that's very cool. Um, yeah, thank you. And and so that's been really cool. And I've also just been on a lot of, you know, little TV shows here and there. And I've got a small part in the show that's going to be airing pretty soon, I think, here in a couple, two or three months. Um, a show called Sangre Negra, meaning Black Blood in Spanish. And Man. Eric Estrada's in it and some other people that, you know, that we may have seen in the past. Sure. So, um, yeah, yeah. So it's, I, it, it's been, it's been fun. And, um, and acting for me really has been a huge um, part of my self-growth process as well. When I first moved here, not quite six years ago, I started taking, I, I studied for the first four years in different classes. And that really helped me kind of open up more and learn how to feel more in public. And uh, it also taught me how to be in front of a camera, which is nice. But it's, um, it's, it's, it's been a really good, really good um, educational experience in that regard. No, very cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's great. I, I'm curious, though, you've mentioned it throughout the show that you've clearly pushed yourself out of your comfort zone a number of times throughout your life. What advice or motivation do you try to, to give to other people so they will do the same thing? Because I think as somebody that's done it and continues to do it, it makes me very mm -hmm. uncomfortable to do it. And I've already been doing it. So for somebody that never I has done it, <laughs> yeah. you know, like what is your advice for people to actually just get over their fears or at least work towards getting over their fears by pushing themselves out of their comfort zone? Well, I just think the rewards are just far outweigh the risk. You know, I mean, there's just so much, so much potential joy and fulfillment that can come from accomplishing something that, that we might not have thought that we could have done before, or, you know, opened ourselves up in new ways and uh, expressed ourselves in new ways and just really let out our specialness. I mean, every, there's so many people out there walking around that are just holding on to so much awesome stuff that, that could, you know, if they were just to just maybe just get that little nudge going forward, to get the momentum going that, you know, they, they'd be a lot more happy and enjoy their life and their existence and other people would benefit from what they had to share as well. And, 
you know, it, as you said, it does not really, it, it gets a little easier just because you learn to trust that you're probably going to land. Okay. Sure. But it still doesn't necessarily make it easier. I'm still, I still have fear of kind of getting the, you know, doing more speaking. Um, there's a part of me that I, I get a little nervous when I feel like I have to regurgitate something or retain information. I feel like I'm going to forget it and then just kind of be left standing there naked, you know, where I, I, where, yeah, I'd much rather have just questions being thrown at me or use the energy of the room and just trust that I'm going to get what I need. Interesting. So that is probably, yeah, that's probably held me back a little bit, but I, I'm, I'm stepping into it. I'm, I've got um, stuff coming up. I got hired to speak in Sweden in September, so I know that'll be a really great, thanks, growth opportunity for me. And, but, uh, but as far as advice, you know, I always feel like if something feels kind of exciting and scary at the same time for me i know i'm on the right track yeah oh i think that's really and, nice. yeah and, and and just trust that you know that you're going to be okay sure so you we mentioned early on um in the intro that you're a four-time iron man how is what <laughs> yep. you learned training and going through that experience multiple times prepared you for what you're doing today well it's interesting because I think that it has in some ways and it really didn't really have anything else to do with currently what I'm doing. But okay. when I got into him originally, I had a knee injury and I, I, in college, I was playing mud football. My kneecap got knocked out of place and I had to have surgery and kind of go through that whole process. It took about a year of rehabbing. It was pretty scary because I was really sure. active and played a lot of sports in high school and didn't know what my, you know, my abilities would be after that. But a couple of buddies of mine had done a short triathlon the summer before and I, that kind of piqued my interest. And I thought, well, why don't I, yeah, why don't I set that as a goal? Okay. And so I just thought about that for a year as I got my knee strong and got into shape and, and I entered and I just had a blast. It made me feel alive. And I ended up doing four more races that summer. And then wow. I did 10 more the summer, next summer. And the third year I did my first Ironman. And so it just became a lifestyle for me, you know, and, and I guess I'm lucky in the fact that I've, um, I have intest a lot of intestinal fortitude, number one, but number two, I, I, I'm a pretty disciplined person when I feel like I'm, I should be doing something. Okay. So, you know, I was able to do that with triathlons and I've also been able to do that with, you know, the book process. Cause that, that takes a lot of work too and a lot of discipline. And, and, um, so, you know, for me, I think it was always, nice just having my triathlon experience in my back pocket sure going forward with all this other stuff because it gave me kind of it just made me believe that i could i could do anything that i wanted if i put my mind to it no uh, yeah that's i was hoping you'd give me some sort of answer like that right because i think well (laughs) but but i think learning to stick to something and holding yourself accountable to a goal is actually really hard when there's no boss or company yeah. or, or whatever saying, you know, you need to finish this by this date. <laughs> but when you're doing an Ironman, you literally either show up the day of or you don't. Like the date doesn't move if you procrastinate, right? <laughs> exactly. So you have to, you know, if you have to do what you have to do to get ready for it. And, 
you know, and for me, I'm lucky. I'm not really a procrastinator. So like, even with like talks that I have coming up, sure. I'm like on, on them way in advance. I want to, I want to go in there relaxed as relaxed as possible because sure. I know that I'm already going to be a little nervous. Right. Interesting. And, and same, yeah, same with a book or whatever. I just, I, I'm, I have that, what that gene in me, I guess that, that just, uh, ah, you know, um, but yes, exactly. So, so, I don't disagree. Um, I'm lucky that I have a, a I'm, I'm self-driven. No, that's, that's very cool. So I'm curious though, for other people that are, are stuck and want to be mm -hmm. chasing their passenger dreams, what advice yeah. do you give them to actually just decide to go for it one day? Cause in my opinion, it sounds so stupid, but I, I remember reading it somewhere and I wish I remember it's like, Anybody you idolize just decided to go for it one day. And it sounds so stupid, but you're just like, wow, yeah, they just started one day. Whatever that means, right? Like if you want to do something, you just need to start like slowly even. You don't have to dive headfirst yeah. into the pool. Like start slowly. Well, and, and it's so important. Yes, yes, yes. And sometimes, you know, if there's a you have a huge goal, like, you know, finishing an Ironman or or, or writing a book or whatever. I mean, you know, it, it can feel like, how do I get there? But you're right. You just have to start. And, and, and I think the main thing is just to keep moving forward every day, even if it's a baby step, because just as long as you have that momentum, you'll keep moving forward. And as you, as you get further along the process, you will be shown the way that that's the one thing I want people to really believe in and trust. I mean, for me, everything that I stepped into, I really didn't see how it was going to end. I just sure. believed that I could do it and it felt exciting to me. And I wanted to, I wanted to explore that possibility. And as I stepped into it, I was shown the way as I went toward it. And so just, just believe that you will be shown the way. And obviously depending on what it is that you want to do or what your dream is, surround yourself with other people that are positive and that have, you know, that are, that are doing it as well or have done it and, and, and learn from them and learn what works and what doesn't work. You know, I, some of them is, I made mistakes along the way and some of them were just kind of because I was stubborn and some was because I didn't, I didn't pay attention to other people and see what their mistakes were. Yeah. And I guess you just need to cherry pick what works for them. That also works for you because the, yes. the thing is, if you try all 30 things that work for them, chances are all 30 things aren't going to work for you, right? You might only find Absolutely. two or five or, I don't know, 10, right? Which I always kind Absolutely. of found interesting. Well, right. And, you know, it's um, there's, there's so many teachers out there, but it, you just got to find someone that you can relate to and that you feel, you know, kind of is a kindred spirit and and that you feel is authentic and, and, and then just, just, you know, don't always take everything you know, um, as, as, how do I say this to be necessarily your truth. You just have to experiment, move toward it, learn, see what it is. And then, and then just let it filter into your being. And if it works great, if it doesn't, then just keep, keep looking. Um, the key is to be true to yourself, you know, cause I, oh boy, early on when I started writing the self-help books, I kind of felt like I knew how it was going to, going to be. When I was three, I told my mom I was putting it to, uh, to inspire people. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. And she reminded me after I started writing books. And I think intuitively I know where it's headed. 
And so in some ways that, that was good because it kind of drove me, but in other ways it was bad because I had certain expectations. And every time I released something, I felt like it's just a thing that's going to spring me. And that led to a lot of disappointment. And instead of just really enjoying the the creative process and trusting it was going to do what it was supposed to do, um, it messed with me a little bit. Plus, I started putting a lot of pressure on myself to be perfect and pious because here I was writing self-help books. And I lost myself for a while um, because I'm a pretty silly kind of witty guy, you know, at at times. And and, um, the last couple of years, I've just been trying to just get back to me and, and let go of that perfectionist nature um because it's helped me it's helped me put out some quality stuff but it also can get in the way and um there's that fine line and so um you know it's just been a we all it's just it's been just it's been a learning journey for sure yeah no fair enough and that's what i think too is people (laughs) people don't realize that sometimes the people they idolize go through very highs and very lows as well oh in their gosh. life, right? And and they yes, don't realize yes. that. Yes. And, you know, I think we always kind of, well, uh, we. Uh, I, I don't think it's that we're necessarily afraid of working hard, but a lot of times we'll think that people just kind of, you know, the overnight success is an overnight yeah. success. And more often than not, it's like a 10-year deal. Yep. You know, and and you just have to, put the work in and the more that you can become self-aware and solidify your foundation, the easier it will be, you know, and, and especially once you get there, I mean, you know, a lot of people who, who reach fame before they're ready for it or don't have that foundation, they just crash and burn. We see it all the time. Yeah. And so, you know, no matter what, it's, as long as you're working on yourself, you're moving forward. No, I, I 100% agree, but we're kind of coming to the end of the show. So how about we close with mentioning yeah. where people can get more information about the books, the coaching, the speaking, the videos, and everything else you're working on? Yeah, thank you. Sure. So my website is gbrianbenson.com, Brian with an I, gbrianbenson.com. And you can there's a lot of videos on there and the TEDx and, and the books, et cetera. And then you can also go directly to Amazon for my new book, Habits for Success, at habitsforsuccessbook.com. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you, and have a good rest of your day, man. Thank you very much, Kevin. It was a pleasure. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.